Hey everyone, welcome to the Trinity Podcast. My name is Matthew. I'm the pastor at Trinity Eastside, and it's good to be with you this morning. I'm going to read from John's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 39 to 47, and then I'll pray and share a few thoughts with you uh, from this text. Jesus says, You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that testify on my behalf. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. I do not accept glory from human beings, but I know that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me. If another comes in his own name, you will accept him. How then can you believe when you accept glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the one who alone is God? Do not think that I will accuse you before the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom you have set your hope. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe what he wrote, how will you believe what I say? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father, we ask for um, the ability to peer deeply into these words, these cryptic words of Jesus, and to understand what they're calling us to today. God, we believe that the Bible is living, it's active, it comes to us with fresh words from you for our spirits and souls and lives, and so we just take these few minutes, God, and um, quiet ourselves enough to receive that word from you, and ask, Holy Spirit, would you speak? In Jesus' name, amen. So we are, uh, today's text, we're just really jumping into the middle of actually the tail end of a conversation. Jesus is having a conversation, it's really kind of a debate of sorts, with some of his critics, um, those who were skeptical of him, and specifically skeptical of his uh, supposed authority. One of the things that people just didn't know what to do with regarding Jesus was why he seemed to speak uh, with such authority about things, like he just understood how things worked. And it wasn't it wasn't that kind of, you know, authoritative, um, you know, know-it-all banter that you might hear from a, a neighbor or a friend or a family member, you know, uh, someone who just claims to sort of understand everything, but it's pretty obvious after listening to them that they, they really don't understand what's going on. Jesus had a different kind of understanding. Um, his seemed uh, like true. It's, it seemed back, backed up by, by reality, by facts, by what was actually going on. Jesus had an authority that no one could figure out where he got it from because he wasn't educated. He didn't come from a prominent family. He didn't come from a fancy part of the world. So why, why, did, he, why did he speak like one who always understood what was going on? Well, as they pressed into these questions over the years with Jesus, they didn't like the answers that they got because Jesus was not bashful about saying that he gets his information from God who he called my father. And that kind of claim is uh, that kind of claim is what gets you executed in ancient Israel. So we're jumping into this conversation at the end and Jesus at this point he's been talking about witnesses, like who bears witness about the truth of what Jesus is saying about himself. Who's able to do that? And he's going to close his argument by talking about the Bible itself and that's that's what we're going to look at today. So the first, and really the big idea for today uh, from this text is just simply this. The Bible, according to Jesus, the Bible is not an end in and of itself, but the Bible points to someone. Jesus says that the scriptures are intended to point to him. And this is uh, 
I mean, just to be clear, a remarkable claim. He's essentially saying that he's the point of the whole thing. Now, during Easter, you may remember a couple of our sermons, we looked at um, two resurrection stories from the Gospel of Luke, where uh, on a couple of different occasions, Jesus takes his disciples through essentially a Bible survey course, where he shows them, uh, as Luke says, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. So he He begins with the very beginning of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and working all the way through the poetry books, the prophets. He shows how he is actually present in and the point of these stories, these poems, these prophecies. He let them into something that up until that point had been uh, God's great secret, that he, Jesus, was actually the story. The New Testament writers loved this. They picked up on this and went crazy with it, as did the early church writers and the fathers and mothers of the church. In Colossians chapter 2, Paul claims that the entire Levitical law about food and drink and about festivals and even Sabbath were what he calls shadows that point to Christ, who was the substance. In the letter to the Hebrews, which is one of those um, really dense, beautiful books from the New Testament, the writer of Hebrews says that the tabernacle was actually about Jesus, that the law was actually about Jesus. In Galatians, again, Paul says that the law was ultimately our tutor that was meant to point us to Jesus himself. In John's gospel, the writer uh, goes to great lengths to show us that the Passover is about Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 10, one of the strangest turns in maybe the whole New Testament, Paul says that the rock that Moses struck in the wilderness, that water came out of, a story that we find uh, in the book of Numbers, he says that the rock that Moses struck in the wilderness was Christ. He says the rock was Christ. He says that Christ was also the cloud, the pillar of smoke, and the pillar of fire that led them through the wilderness. In other words, and I could keep going on and on about this, it's really fascinating, uh, Jesus is the thread of the scriptures. It's his story. The Psalms are his prayer book. Um, Jesus himself claimed to be present in the Old Testament. When God appears to Moses in the burning bush, he says, you tell Pharaoh that I am sent you. And then Jesus says in John chapter 8, I am the one, the I am of the Old Testament. Before Abraham was, I am. So Jesus takes these titles for himself to say, I was, um, I have always been the point of the story. Now, this the point of this is not to make the Bible into a scavenger hunt, which is which is what it can become um, with this as a sort of an interpretive lens. It is just simply to recognize that the purpose of the Bible ultimately is to point our attention to our Savior. That whatever we're reading, ultimately, what should be happening as we sort of peer even through the pages, what's happening is we are We're being given a picture of the Christ. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, Jesus said. But it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have that very life. According to Jesus, the way that the scriptures unleash life within us is when we see them as pointing us to another and not as an end in and of itself. Which just, for me, leads to this question for you, sort of a closing question. Um, How do you read the Bible? How do you read it? Jesus is called, in John's Gospel, the Word of God. And the Scriptures are also called 
the word of God, but not simply like the book on your table, you know, the, 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 the dry, lifeless text that you can open or close, you know, and, and read casually or not. The word of God, according to Hebrews 4.12, is the Bible when it is living, active, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able, the writer says, to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. How does a book judge your thoughts and intentions? Because it is not merely a book written by dozens of people thousands of years ago. It is a doorway to the living Christ. This is what Jesus actually said the Holy Spirit's ministry is to us. He, the Spirit of God, when we, when we read the Bible, the Holy Spirit is there to make it alive to us, to take us to Jesus. We've been talking at Trinity now for a few weeks about new rhythms in this season. How do we continue to grow and not simply survive COVID, but thrive during COVID? How do we do it? And devotional rhythms are utterly essential to that, maybe more than ever before. And yet devotional rhythms are really hard to build. They take a lot of time. They take a lot of discipline. Some of you are probably way better at that than I am. Um, Oftentimes, devotional rhythms will feel fruitless. I have been a Christian for probably 30 years at this point, and I can say still there are times where I don't want to read my Bible. There are often days where I feel like something would be more productive. Perhaps for you, it's not this idea of accomplishing something instead of it's just like you'd like to have rest instead, or you'd like to uh, devote your attention to something else that would feel more fun. There's a lot of reasons we can talk ourselves out of devotional rhythms. There will usually be things that will feel more pressing or beneficial uh, to spending our time in the Bible. But Jesus promises us, he says it right here in our text today, that we, if we go and seek in the scriptures for him, we'll find him. That the one who endures will find him. And friends, let me just tell you, um, when you meet Jesus in the Bible, not merely a historic figure who comes alive through gospel stories, but I mean like the real living Jesus. That is in his words. That is what eternal life is. He says, you you think you'll find eternal life in the book itself, but it is actually available through me. He says later in the same gospel, this is eternal life, that you would know God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. Eternal life is not a length of life. It is a quality of life, an overflow of well-being and shalom that is ours when we are encountering Jesus Christ. And so um, we return to this book every day, not because we're simply trying to get through it in a year or be able to check off our devotional reading or whatever, but because there is this promise that is held out there for us that if we seek, we will find that Jesus is the treasure hidden in a field that upon discovering, we would gladly sell all that we have to obtain. Jesus says, this is the glory that comes only from God, not from other people. And we spend so much of our life seeking the sort of glory, the sort of, um, the sort of well-being of soul from other people. And Jesus says very simply, if you will seek for it, you will find it from God himself through the scriptures. And so in closing, let me just give us as a benediction the words of the prophet Hosea from Hosea chapter 6. Let us know. Let us press on to know the Lord. 
for his appearing is as sure as the dawn. He will come to us like the showers, like the spring rains that water the earth. Grace and peace to you, uh, friends. You are loved. I hope you are well. hope we are together soon.